Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Holly Mallon, uh, welcome to Too Good to Be Forgotten. Today we're going to be talking about Len Shackleton, or rather Leonard Francis Shackleton, born on the 3rd of May 1922. So he would be 100 this year, sir, and you've wrote a fantastic book about Shack, the Len Shackleton story. Clown Prince of Soccer uh, by Mr. Colin Mallam. I haven't read it, but Alan Hudson has, and he told me that it's a fantastic read. So, <laughs> so what's your background, firstly, uh, Colin? Um, well, I'm, I come from Liverpool. Okay. That's my hometown. Um, my father was a professional footballer, um, and the, I, I, I attended school, obviously, in Liverpool, and ended up at university, and um, and moved into journalism as a trainee. Lovely. Did you work on the papers, Colin, back in the day? Yes, yes. Um, I started on the Liverpool Echo. Okay. Who was uh, you reporting on the Liverpool Echo? Both teams in there and Tranmere as well. Did you have to go across the Mersey? No, no, no. I had to wait a long time to uh, break into sports reporting. Okay. Uh, for the, the, the the training was three years. Yeah. Uh, when you learn the basics of of being a, a newspaper journalist, um, and at the end they they gave me the sack. Would you believe? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I I moved on then and uh, ended up on the the Birmingham Post. Okay. Um, and it was there that I began writing about sport. Birmingham Post, so in my area, uh, I'm from the city of Birmingham. So, uh, I mean, did you enjoy your time in, in our fantastic city? Uh, not only did I enjoy it, I, I found my wife there. <laughs> yeah, there's some good Brummy girls in Birmingham, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, she, she's from West Bromwich, actually. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, the black country, they're just yeah. as good in the black country. When did you start writing football books? Because I know you've, re- uh, you've you've written the Malcolm McDonald book, which is absolutely fantastic. And Len Shackleton obviously played for Newcastle as well as, uh, as Sunderland and started at Bradford Park Avenue. Yeah. Is it, what is it about the North East then that fascinates you with central strikers that have got character, pretty much got everything? Yeah, no, it was more coincidence than anything else. You know, the books were, or the the subjects were offered to me, um, and I I didn't uh, pluck them out of the the air, so to speak. So 
the Len Shackleton story, let's indulge now for 20 minutes or so in Len Shackleton. You wrote the book in 2004 and sadly he'd passed away in 2000 so you couldn't uh, work with Len but you did work with people that knew Len Shackleton. Um, how long did the process of the book writing take and uh, what was it like indulging in Len Shackleton because probably the first maverick of football wasn't he? Yes he was. Um... Well, as I said in the acknowledgements, it was a very enjoyable exercise. Yeah. Um, um, met a lot of interesting people along the way, including Brian Clough. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, one of my biggest regrets was that uh, I interviewed him over the telephone and he actually invited me up to his house uh, and I turned down the invitation. Uh, which uh, mainly because of, I was writing against the clock yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, a deadline. Uh, so um, I, I'd been in his company before uh, when he got the, the job at Nottingham Forest, for instance. Um, I, I, you know, sat around him with one or two other people. Um, but I'd never actually interviewed him face to face or been w with him on my own. Uh, so, and then shortly afterwards he died, of course. Yeah, terrible. And let's start at the end before we go back to the beginning, because when Shaq was working as a journalist uh, on the Daily Express, he helped Brian to obtain his first ma uh, two managerial roles, didn't he? At Hartlepool's and at Derby County. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did. Um, very influential in, in that sense, you know, um, maybe the, the histories of Derby and Nottingham Forest would be entirely different, but for Len. Yeah, and it is just a, 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 that kind of fate, isn't it, that moment of fate? Because in the First World War, didn't his dad get, got shot twice? I mean, if that bullet had hit him somewhere else, not only would Len Shackleton not have been born, but Brian Clough wouldn't have been the manager that, that he went on to be. But he yeah. set out his career before the uh, Second World War. He was uh, on the ground staff, wasn't he, at Arsenal, and was told by George Allison that he was too small and then uh, moved back to his hometown of Bradford, didn't he? Yes. Well, he, di he didn't do that immediately yeah. uh, be because um, he was too ashamed, I think, to admit that um, he wasn't wanted by Arsenal after the great fanfare yeah. of his signing. You know, with George Allison driving up there in a big flash car uh, and to um, actually sign him on it, uh, individually. Uh, so he and another lad from Bradford, uh, who'd also been unloaded by Arsenal, went off to play in uh, Kent, I think, Dartford. Yeah. Uh, um, and, 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 you know, they avoided the embarrassment of going back up to Bradford to say, we, you know, we've not made it. <laughs> And he come from a fantastic sporting background because lots of his family members, including his dad and his granddad, uh, were uh, athletes of some sort, whether it be playing football or playing rugby. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's tennis in the family as well and swimming. So he, he has got sports as ingrained in his DNA, had not he, Shaq? 
Yes, he had. He had. Where did, and, where and did, he, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, he, he had this marvellous ability to deal with a moving ball yeah. uh, rather than a stationary ball, like golf, for instance. He, he never really mastered golf. Yep. Uh, because, it, it, as I just said, a stationary ball. He mastered cricket, though, because he played played for the minor counties, didn't he? So he yes, was he very did. good at cricket as well as football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, a moving ball. Yeah. Where did he get the rebellious streak? Where did he get that character? Where did he get that side from him that, that made him stand out from the crowd? Because he literally did, didn't he, Shaq? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that came from. It, but, but obviously from some member of his family. Yeah. Because when you're saying he wasn't very good with the stationary ball, he was on the football pitch because he used to either sit on it or stand on it and look at his imaginary watch, didn't he, when he seemed yeah. to get fed up? Yeah, he did. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, he, he, he wasn't liked by everybody, of course. Um, yeah. You know, he could be a bit standoffish. Um, and not, not all footballers took to him. But um, you know, there were enough to uh, to keep him going, so so to speak. <laughs> and he didn't get on famously with his strike partner at Sunderland, Trevor Ford, did he? There, there, no. there seemed a clash between Shaq and Trevor, and you know, if if only. But then again, you don't have to get on with people uh, that play in the same team. But they they did get on in terms of uh, bringing success or relative success, shall we say, to Sunderland, two of the greatest yeah. strikers that we've ever produced. Yes, that, that's absolutely true, uh, which just goes to show, you know, when you, you're building a team, yeah. uh, uh, it's not only their ability, but um, whether, whether they get on with each other. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a, a similar situation, I suppose, with the, the two at Liverpool, Mane and Salah, yeah. um, who apparently um, are, are not close friends but on the field you know they, you wouldn't know it but again if you talk to football players as fans you you seem to think or fans seem to have this impression that everybody gets on but when you talk to them lots of players don't get on in the same team but you wouldn't think so when they're playing because they play as a team now Shaq when he was a kid always took a tennis ball round with him even when he used to go up the shops to get his uh, bags of sweets didn't he yes he did he did um, kick, kick it all the way up, up, up to the shops. You know, bouncing it off the wall. Yeah, um, I think so many people of that era yeah. did did the same thing, and I can remember doing the same thing myself as a kid. You know, because uh, uh, there weren't many other ways of entertaining yourself. Yeah. In, in those days. He was very outspoken about the TV uh, being invented, wasn't he? The, yeah. the, and, and I suppose when you're looking at it in the cold light of day, he's, he's absolutely correct. And I think that you can associate the same to games that kids are playing today uh, on consoles. When back in Shaq's day, you didn't have the distractions of TV. OK, you had radio, but kids went out and found their own entertainment. You didn't have cases, so he learned his trade on the streets of Bradford with a tennis ball. And when you're eating that ball off the curb, as you know, the ball comes up at different angles and you learn yeah. your tight control in, in, in tight spaces that way, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do.
Yes, it's uh, an ideal way of practicing. Absolutely. Um, playing street football, which uh, I remember well myself, the, the, the difficulties you threw up from time to time, as you say, when it, it, it clipped the, the, the curb and came at you in a, a weird angle. You know, you have to learn to control these things. Absolutely. And he played for two clubs on the same day as well, didn't he, Shaq? Did he? Um, <laughs> yeah. Bradford Park Avenue in Bradford City, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, during the wartime where you could guest as players, so you could play for one and then guest for another, <laughs> one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in fact, uh, you just reminded me, I, I, I noticed on Facebook today you were, you were talking about Peter Doherty oh, at, uh, yeah. at Man City. Um, yeah. My my father kept him out of the team, would you believe? You're joking. During the war, yeah. My, 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 my father guested for Man City. Uh, he, he was in a reserved occupation. He had an advantage, really. Yeah. Uh, he was fitting out troop ships on Liverpool docks uh, and, and playing for Man City. Um, and uh, Peter Doherty was in the army. Yeah. And so so he, when he came home on one occasion and um, wanted to play, he, he couldn't get in the team because my father kept him out. <laughs> that is one hell of a claim to fame because in the 36-37 season, they're largely down to Peter signing for City. He was, his debut was against uh, Preston North End of the great Bill Shankly. They yeah. won the first league championship, didn't they? And and, yes. and Shaq mentions in his autobiography, uh, Peter Doxey, a genius of geniuses. I mean, that is some accolade. Shaq, when he played at Stamford Bridge, any truth that he was in the corner... Uh, with uh, the shed end at Stamford Bridge, and he played a one-two off the corner flag. Udi said one of his pals. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I was told him that he was there that day and saw it. Yeah, I've heard of that story as well. Yes. yes. Almost certainly he did the same, they did that exactly. Other things that Shaq done, what was his greatest attribute, would you say? Because he used to talk to he used to talk to the referees and you used to have that gamesmanship back in those days, didn't you? And you could have it with a referee. If a if a modern player done the same to a referee as Shaq did, he'd probably get booked or even sent off these days. Football's gone daft. Yeah, he would. Um it, it's 
it, w- it would be interesting to see how he got on um, in, in, in these present circumstances with um, every, everyone worried about the, the, small, the smallest yeah. infringement. Absolutely. And he only got five England caps. But then again, I think so did Osgood and so did Balls. Uh, Bowles and Hudson only got two caps. We've never really liked our Mavericks playing for the England team, but back then the suits picked the team, didn't they, rather than the England managers? Yes, yes, they did. They did, in fact, yes. Um, which was completely crazy when you think about it. Um, I think he he, he listed in in, in uh, the book I did. About him, uh, the the names of the FA selection committee yeah. and what what they did. Uh, not, not not a single one ever kicked a ball. Yeah, it's quite incredible. And in his autobiography, in chapter nine, he famously left it blank, didn't he? That page. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was never short in coming forward, was he, Shaq? No, no, he wasn't. Newcastle uh, United, what was his time like there at Newcastle? Because we know what it was like at Sunderland. How did he enjoy uh, St. James's Park? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it was a sort of passing interest, really. Yeah. Um, it, it, it never really impinged on his, on his career or, or, or his thinking. Um, but, it, you know... It, it, it couldn't compare with what happened at Sunderland, for yeah. instance. And what, Where, was it like, uh, what was it like, Colin, for um, for a player to go from Newcastle to Sunderland? Because again, if we look at in the modern game, that's all. It's almost sacrosanct, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it, it's like moving from Liverpool to Everton, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, presumably he got away with it. But certainly, he became um, an absolute idol at Sunderland. Yeah. So they kind of held it against him, I don't think. And the Bank of England club as well, they had a few quid. And they was also paying out a few quid, but, but not in an appropriate way. And, and towards the end of his career, that finished in 1957, I think his last goal for Sunderland was the 16th of February 1957. He did get a benefit match, but he pretty much told the directors of Sunderland that if you didn't give me one, I'm going to tell the FA how you've been paying us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a big scandal, of course. Yeah. At Sunderland over uh, illegal payments in inverted commas, yeah, um, which were illegal mainly because they paid them so poorly um, with with the normal wage yeah. uh, structure. Uh, but uh, it, it caused a big stink, and 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 a, a lot of um, ill feeling among play, the, the the players there as well. Was Shaq any good at snooker? Because Trevor Ford wasn't. Um, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I have to confess I don't know. Because what, what they done with Trevor, a director, took him into a snooker hall and said, um, you got a snooker? No, not really. Well, we'll have 20 quid on the game. 
and Trevor Ford won. And that's how they used to give Trevor some illegal payments, by playing games of snooker for 20 yeah. quid, and the director always lost. <laughs> <laughs> they were a crafty bunch. I mean, ahead of their time, you could argue as well. Yeah, yes. The, the only one I, I know about who likes snooker was Terry Payne at Southampton. Okay. I, and it, I went to interview him one day and ended up playing snooker with him. Yeah. <laughs> After we'd done the interview, uh, he was a good player, actually. Yeah. What was the funniest thing that you uh, found out about Shaq? Um, well, I, I wouldn't call it funny so much, but his son told me that um, he, he said... Um, when he, he, he was talking about dying, would you believe? Blimey. He said, "He said, um, when I die, he said, just throw me on the on the the, uh, the, the rubbish heap at the end of the street." <laughs> just, <laughs> which um, I, I thought it was pretty amusing, although it, it was uh, hardly an amusing subject. <laughs> But when he, because uh, he, he retired through injury, didn't he? he had a, a bad ankle, and that's yes, what yeah. what retired him. And he went into journalism. What what was he like as a journalist working at the Daily Express? There, I I don't know because yeah. I never I never came across him. Uh-huh. He, he operated in the north and yeah. northeast. Um, and and I I have to confess I, I never met him up there. Yeah. But, I, I saw him in press boxes and things like that, but never spoke to him or you know, spoke or was in his company. But um, apparently he was pretty good. Yeah. And during the war, he was uh, pretty good with aeroplanes, wasn't he? He was in the RAF, wasn't he? He served his uh, national service in the RAF. Uh, no. He, oh? He, uh, he was one of the Bevin boys. Right, okay. Tell me more. Yeah, he, he, uh, footballers then were were given the opportunity to uh, either go in the forces, yeah, or, or um, if they had an, served an apprenticeship, um, work in one of the reserved occupations. Right. Uh, that's what my father did. He, my father was a um, a trained coach builder. He served his apprenticeship as a coach builder. And so he ended up as a uh, joiner, fitting out troop ships. Uh, but another alternative was to go down the mines. Um, and that's what he opted for, although he hated it. Wow. Yeah, one of, one of the Bevin boys, Ernest Bevin, uh, you know, the, the um, politician. Who was in charge of of, yeah. of that that operation? Yeah. Who was his only goal? Because he received five England caps. Who was his only goal for England against? His only goal. Yeah, he scored one goal for England, didn't he, in five games? Did he? Uh, well, yeah, he must have scored against West Germany. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because that was his last game as well. They brought him back for that game, didn't they? Yes. They, they did. 19, five, yeah. Five years absent, yeah. Yeah, because they were world champions. They beat Hungary, didn't they, in the uh, the Miracle yeah. of Bern in the 1954 World Cup final and, and come over here. They come over here in 19... Uh, 
74 as well. <laughs> 75 as yeah. world champions when uh, England beat them. We're very good at beating West Germany when they're world champions at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember that game vividly because um, Hungary had just slaughtered England twice. Yes. As you're probably aware at, yeah, yeah. at, at Wembley and, and in Budapest. Um, and they were hot favourites to win the World Cup. And then, lo and behold, they got beaten in the final by West Germany, who were a pretty good side themselves, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I remember being heartbroken as a kid because, um, I, you know, I'd adopted Hungary as my favourite team, after what they did to England. Um, but fortunately for England, when they played West Germany at Wembley in that game we were talking about, West Germany didn't feel the full side. Yeah. Uh, they had several players, key players missing. So that has to be set against the result, you know. And also what we have to say in terms of the World Cup with Hungary and West Germany, Hungary did beat them 8-3 in an earlier uh, game in that tournament. And yeah. Puskas did have a goal uh, ruled out for offside as well. And yeah. at half-time, the Germans did have some substance that we still don't to this day know whether it was legal or illegal going back to the payments at Sunderland. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, football's got a lot of skeletons in the wardrobe, hasn't it, Colin? Yes. What's your next venture, sir? What book have uh, have you got uh, to be writing about next time? Um, well, I'm afraid my writing career has dried up. Um, I've um, not written a book for ages. Yeah. For years, in fact. Um, what What happened was my agent um, retired. Uh, and nobody else seemed very keen to take me on. Okay. Uh, so um, I, I've more or less retired completely from, uh, from from writing anything. Well, I'll tell you what a great biography would be, Peter Doherty, because um, I've looked online. There was in 1947, he wrote his autobiography, and yeah. he must be one of the greatest British players of all time, up there with Shackleton. And yeah. I think it's just a matter of time till somebody starts writing a biography of the great Peter Doherty, who Shankly yeah. absolutely idolised as well. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, We talking of Shanks, uh, he, he bought our house in Liverpool and li- lived in it for the rest of his life. <laughs> right. Good grief. Um, because my father knew him. Um, they played against each other, and when he arrived in 1959, um, there was a piece in the paper saying he was looking for somewhere to live, a, a house to buy. And we were, or my mother and father were just selling the house at the time. And so my father rang up Liverpool and said, Do you want to come look at our house? And he came around, liked it, and bought it. So when you look online at all these pictures with Shankly, uh, kids coming knocking on his door. Uh, Mr. Shankly, will you come out and play football with us? And Bill says, yeah, of course, I will, son. Hold on a minute. That was your house. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was right next to the Everton training ground um, yeah. in Belfield Avenue, uh, and which clearly was um, an incentive for him to buy. <laughs> yeah, because famously when he uh, he took the Liverpool job and he went to the hairdressers, I said, what do you want off the top, Bill? And he said, Everton, son. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolute classy. It's been a wonderful trip down memory lane. Thank you so much, Colleen. Uh, Len Shackleton, too good to be forgotten. And thanks to you, sir, writing the biography in 2004 and uh, podcasters talking to you about your wonderful publication. Len Shackleton will always be remembered. So thank you, sir, and thank you for your time. No, thank you. you it's very kind of you. and I, I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hope to see you soon. Lovely. Thank you, Colleen. Bye-bye. Cheers, pal. Bye-bye now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.